And we're, we're finishing a, a series today. And I, I love the story about the, 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 the bunch of guys and they're hooting and hollering and they're, they're giving high fives and, and fist bumps and, and chest bumps and everything. And a bunch of ladies come up and said, what are you guys so excited about? They said, we just finished a jigsaw puzzle and it only took us six months. And the ladies said, six months, that just seems like an awful lot of time. And they said, well, that shows you how much you know. It says on the front of the box, four to six years. <laughs> so we're, we've been studying, we've been going through a study on, uh, on just on, on time and busyness and, uh, and, and stress and all that. And we're finishing this, that series to, uh, today. But one thing we need to know is, uh, first of all, is that two facts about time is one thing is our time is limited on this earth, isn't it? Our time in a day is limited. Uh, every single one of us, we only have 24 hours. We, we all have 14, uh, 1,440 minutes and 80, 84, 86,400 seconds. E- each one of us, our time every day is limited. That's all we have. And our time on this earth is limited as well, isn't it? In fact, I pray and hope that, that many of us live to be over 100 years old in here and, or, or 110 or 120. But even if you live to 120 years old, uh, your time on this earth is still limited. There's only a certain amount of time we have on this, uh, on this earth. And the second thing we need to understand is that all of our time is going to be spent doing something. There are no rollover minutes in this world, are there? You don't say, well, you know what? I wasted three, three hours and ten minutes last week, so I'm just going to roll it over into to, to this week. You can't take a suitcase around and say, well, you know what? I've, I have six months saved up in here, uh, so I don't have to die uh, yet. In fact, we use the word saving time, don't we? But we can't really save time, can we? I mean, there's really, in fact, there was a guy by the name of, of Jim Croce who wrote the, a, a song, a, a beautiful song. It's called uh, Time in a Bottle. And he, and he says this, this is the words. He said, if I could save time in a bottle, and the first thing that I would like to do is to save every day till eternity passes away just to spend it with you. And it's a, a beautiful song saying, you know what I'd love to do? I'd love to just save time here and time there and time that. So be able to spend it for the things that really matter. For the, so I could spend it with you at a, at a later time. And, and it's a beautiful, beautiful song, but it's a lousy, lousy philosophy of life. Because uh, Jim Croce, when he was 30 years old, was f- uh, flying in a plane, as many of you know, and he crashed in, in Louisiana. And if he could save time in a bottle, which he couldn't, then all that, that time would have perished along with him. All the things that he wanted to do, all the difference that he made, wanted to make in this world, all the lives he wanted to touch, all the relationships he wanted to have, all that would have perished right along, right along with him because he couldn't save time in a, in a bottle. A.W. Tozer puts it like this. He said, Time is a resource that is non-renewable and non-transferable. You can't store it, slow it up, hold it up, divide it up, or give it up. You can't hoard it, and you can't save it for a rainy day. When it's lost, it's unrecoverable. When you kill time, remember, it has no resurrection. And, you know, if I was to ask you how many, many minutes there are in a, in a year, some of you would be able to, to tell me from a, from a song, right? 525,600 minutes. We'd be able to say that. But the thing is that it, we each have the exact same amount of minutes, but we don't use those minutes the same, do we? In fact, Charles Richards put it like this. He said, don't be fooled with the calendar. There are only as many days in the year as we make use of. One person gets a week's value out of a year, while another person gets a year's value out of a, a week. 
Ecclesiastes puts it like this. There is a right time and a right way to do everything, but we know so little about it. And I'm going to give you, okay, so what do we do? How do we, how do we make the most use of our time? And we're going to use an, an acronym, T-I-M-E, time. And so the, the T stands for, for treasure. So everybody say treasure. So what we're supposed to do, in fact, straight out of the Bible, the Bible tells us to treasure our time. Psalm 90, uh, verse 12. Teach us to number our days and to recognize how few they are and help us to spend them as we should. You know, most of us in here, that we number our years. We know how long we've been alive. We know how many years we've been alive because years are so precious. We treasure our, our years. But uh, the Bible is saying right there that we should treasure our days as well, that every day should, uh, should be treasured, not just every every year and you think about it the most valuable commodity on this earth is time isn't it we talk about we talk about time is money and and really it's not is it time is way more valuable than money you can always make more money but you can't make more time in fact, that uh, the, the last words, the very last words of, of Queen Elizabeth in, in 1603 were all my possessions for moments of time. In fact, that's why that many of us, we are, we're, we're far more stingy with our time than we are with our, with our treasure, right? I mean, a lot of us would rather write a check and not get involved because we know something. We know that the time is more valuable than the money that we have. And, and a truly generous person is generous with their time and their treasure and their testimony, all of those things, not just with their, uh, with their, their treasure. And if you, you want to know the value of, of, a, of a year, just ask a, a serviceman or a servicewoman woman who's, who's been deployed uh, away from their family for a year. Ask them how valuable a, a year is. Ask a, 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 a mother of a, of a premature ch- a child, born child, how, what the value of a month is. You want to know the value of uh, of, a, of an of an hour? Just uh, look at you know look at what happens with you know with with time with with anybody. Look at the value of a of a moment of a minute, and you see somebody that's involved in in emergency situations. Right? They realize that the, a lot of times uh, the difference between death and life is in a matter of of a minute. And you want to know the value of a second? Uh, how many times you ever missed a head-on collision by just, by just a second? You want to know the value of a nanosecond? Ask the Olympic athlete who, who lost uh, the gold medal by four one-thousandth of a second. And you realize the value of the time, the value of a, of a moment. The, uh, and, and, and see this, that the each day, here's what I want to say, is each day is a gift from, from God. And, and I want us to see that with like a, like a gift, that we really realize that every day is a gift from God. Not just the weekends, not just Friday, not just Saturday, not, including Monday is a gift from God. Hump day is a gift from God. What difference would it make in our life if we just woke up every day and said, God, I understand that today is a gift that you have given me and help me to live it the best that I possibly can. You know, my dad uh, would wake up every day after he was a Christian. He would shout this to the, to, to the whole house. He'd say, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. He would quote one of the Psalms. And I try to do that every morning. I try to, to wake up and say that out loud, that, that this is the day the Lord has made. Because I want to remind myself that it's a gift, that every single day, that I want to live every day as if it is a gift from God and not just, not just haphazardly live that and go, and, and go by that. And so, and, and 
and, and also there that yesterday, we have to understand this, that yesterday is history, and tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift, and that's why we call it the present, right? So, so the first, what, is, what does T stand for? Treasure. The I stands for in, in, invest. Invest. And we can, we can invest our time. Here's the thing that we have to understand. We can either waste time, we can spend time, or we can, we can in, invest time. And here's just some statistics you think about. There are 168 hours in each week, and the average person will spend 56 of those hours sleeping. The average person will spend 24 of those hours eating or in, engaged in personal hygiene. And 50 of those hours will be working or traveling to, uh, to work. That means there are only 35 hours in a week that are, uh, that are really dis- that's really discretionary time. That's time that we can use any way we, we want. And that's an average of only five hours a day. Five hours a day, we can basically do whatever we want. What are you doing with that time? How are you doing? Are we wasting time? Are we spending time? Or are we investing our, our, our time? And there's something that you, that, you know, I've had movies in my life that have truly impacted my life, that have really made me think, that have really changed my, my life. And one of the most impactful movies in my life is not one you, one you would think. One of the most impactful movies that, that's been in my life is Groundhog Day, okay? Groundhog Day from Bill Murray. And most of you know what happened in that movie. What they, what they did is he kept having to live this same day, Groundhog Day, over and over and over and over and over again. And he started out just squandering the day, didn't he? He started out just completely wasting the time. Then he started kind of spending the time, but then he started investing the time. He took piano lessons and would do that every day. He spent time learning how to, to do ice carvings and then and most importantly, he'd spend time with people and he'd invest in people. Every day he'd make sure somebody was taken care of and, 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 and loved up on people. And, 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 and I realized something in my life. I realized from this movie, I realized that if I just spend a little time every day doing something, trying to better myself, trying to invest in, in something, and I, uh, that, that it would make a difference over time. And I tried to do that with a language. I tried to do that with, with triathlons and get in, in better shape. Tried to do that with, with learning instruments and things like this. And, and and go ahead and show the, the plant up there. This is a Diefenbachia that I have in my house. And it started out this dinky little plant. And now you can see it's kind of taking over. It's like Seymour, you know, kind of taking over that uh, everything. And, and I realized that, that it wasn't because all of a sudden one day it just started to grow. It was, it was day in and day out. Watered a little, made sure it had sunshine. Watered, sunshine. Watered, sunshine. And over time, that thing, that thing grew like crazy. And the same thing we have to realize is if we spend just, it's not just one time, but if we spend something doing, doing something that, that over time, that makes a really, really big difference. The Bible says this in Proverbs 13, 11, whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. And any investment manager knows that. What they tell you to do is, is, is put a little money here every week, a little money with every paycheck, and invest that. And, and while that may not, you know, one time make a difference, over time, that investment, that faithful investment over time will make a huge dividend. It'll, it'll, it'll make tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars that you wouldn't anticipate, that you wouldn't expect it to grow that much. We know that financially. If we could just know that with the rest of life, if we could know that time can be the same in investment, that we put, put time in something and make an investment to better ourselves in an area, or especially in our relationships. 
You know, the, the thing that I have um, that would be the least waste of time I've ever spent in my life, the greatest investment of my time in my life is, is the time that I've spent with God in, uh, in quiet times, times in prayer, times in, in reading the Bible, times in just hearing from, uh, from God and listening to, to God. That's been the smartest time I've ever, I've ever way I've spent my time in my, in my life. And, and so, you know, and it wasn't one particular time. It was just that over day and day and day and day and day that I know that I understand the heart of God more. And I understand what he loves. And I understand that because I've spent time in that. I've understood his voice more than I, than I heard it before. Than, and understand which, which voice is his and which voice isn't his because I've spent time in that. And, and, and the same thing we can do not only in our investment with God, but also even in our marriage. Imagine if we just spent time every day just really investing intentionally in that relationship, intentionally investing in that connection, that, that, we, that we protect the connection and have that to, to grow, that we spend that time. Uh, how it, again, not one time, but over time that it grows and, and prospers. It's the same thing in our relationship with our children. Listen to this. A study of 1,500 households at the University of Michigan found this, that moms working outside the house spend an average of 11 minutes a day on weekdays with their kids, 30 minutes a day on weekends with their children. That's not including mealtimes. For dads, it's uh, spend even less. For dad, they spend an average of eight minutes a day during, the, uh, during the, the weekdays and 14 minutes a day on weekends with different activities with their kids. Can you imagine if we just really spent more time investing in our relationship with our children, investing more in our family, investing more in relationships, investing more in friendships, the difference that would make, not one time that would make the difference, but time over time after over time, it makes such a difference. It grows, it invests. That's why Billy Graham said, said this, time is the capital that God has given us to invest. People are the stocks in which we are to invest our time, whether they're blue chips or penny stocks or even junk bonds. So there's those times that we make uh, intentional, regular investments of our time, but there's also the times that we make the most of every opportunity that we are given in a, in a day, in a week. And that's, again, straight out of the Word of God. Ephesians 5 says this, Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Make the most of every opportunity, because the days are, are evil. You know, I love football, always have, and, and I love watching an incredible running back. I love just watching the poetry of what they can do. And, and one of my favorite running backs of all time was Walter Payton. We knew him as, as, as sweetness. And in his, in his uh, career, he ran for 16,727 yards and, and 76 rushing touchdowns. And the amazing thing, when you looked at him, you realized he wasn't the fastest. He wasn't the biggest. He wasn't the strongest. Then how in the world did he do that so well? I think there's three things. I think, first of all, that he had incredible, incredible vision. That he could see a hole and he'd, and he'd plow through that hole. But he'd look for those holes. And he could see holes where, where nobody else could see a hole. And the other thing he had is he had incredible balance. That somebody could knock him and it didn't knock him too far. That he, he kept his balance when, when, when they're trying to tackle him. And the other thing that I thought was, was he, just had, he just kept his legs churning. It was amazing that people thought they'd have him down and he'd just pop back up. He'd be 90% down, he'd get back up and he'd just keep running. And, and a two-yard gain would turn into a 20-yard gain because he'd keep his, his legs moving. And, and I thought, isn't that what Jesus did? Didn't he have those three, same three things? First of all, he had incredible vision. 
vision. That, that he said that he would just do what he saw the Father doing and he'd say what he heard the Father saying. That he just had this vision that, that there's, what, there's what the Father's doing and he would join the Father in what he was doing. And then he had this incredible balance that, that his life wasn't just work, 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 work. He worked so hard in ministry, but he also had time with his disciples. He also took time just by the, by the shores of the Sea of Galilee and he hung out at weddings and he, had, and he went to parties and, and, he, and he just spent time with he and the Father and, and he had this amazingly balanced life and, and even when times got, going, got tough, he just kept going, going, going. And the beautiful thing is I think we can do those, those same things. How different would our life be if every day we w- woke up and we looked for the openings that God had made for us that day? If we looked for those openings, if we looked what God was doing that day and we joined him. If God was doing something, working with, with somebody at our work, that we would join him. If God was doing something in, in a friend's life, that we joined him in that. That every day we were looking for the openings that God had for us and we, and we went through those, those openings. What would happen? I wonder what would happen if we, you know, that God's calling us to, to live balanced life. Every single one of us, we are body, mind, and spirit. And, and what if every day we invested, we tried to take better care of everything? all of those, that we tried to take care of our physical body because after all, it is the, the temple of the Holy Spirit. What happens if every day we tried to better our mind and we tried to learn in some ways and grow in some ways mentally? What ha- and far more importantly, what if every day we spent time developing our spirit, strengthening our spirit and our soul in our, in our life? What a difference that would, that would make to live that kind of, of balanced and vision and vision life. So the first thing is, is, is what? Treasure. The second thing is I is what? Invest. And the, and the third is, is, is manage. That we have to realize that if we don't manage our life, someone else will. Something else will. And we've been talking about how stressed we are in life. That we live in a generation that is so stressed out. And one big reason we're stressed out is because we're not good managers of our, uh, of our time. We take that for granted and we lose so much time because we don't manage the, the, the time. And, and here's the, says this, uh, Isaiah said this, I have used up all my strength, but I've accomplished nothing. One thing that we, we hear in this world is this. We hear it all the time. I just don't have the time. I just don't have the time. I just don't have the time. But sadly, that's usually used in response to the things that are most important in life, isn't it? You know, there's a, a financial guru that was, or not, a, a time management guru, that he was having a seminar and he, he brought in a, a big jar and he, and he brought in some big rocks and he filled the, filled the jar with the rocks and, and he asked the people, he said, is this, is this jar full? And they said, they said, yeah, it's full. And then he took a bunch of, of pebbles, thousands of pebbles, and he, and he, and he poured those in and they, they trickled down there and, he, and they filled it to the top there and he said, now is it full? And they said, yeah, now it's full. And then he grabbed some fine sand and he poured that in jar after jar of fine sand and, and filled that to the top. And he said, now is it full? Well, they were afraid to answer at this point. But they said, yeah, it sure looks full. But then he grabbed some water and he poured gallons of water in, that same, in the same jar. And he said, what's the point? Hands went up and he called on one hand and he said, said no matter how much you think you can, can do, you can always fit more in in a day. And he said, that's the exact opposite of what I'm trying to get. Here's the thing. If you don't put the big rocks in first, they'll never get in. 
And here's the question. What are the big rocks of life? What are the things that are most important? I think, again, you know, God puts out our priorities, and I think our first priority is, is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and, and all these other things will be added unto you. And he, and, he, and he says to love God with all your heart and soul, strength, and mind. And then the second most important thing is our relationships, our relationships with our, our, our spouse, our relationship with our, with our family, our relationships around our... And then ministry, I think, is big there, too, because the, the, we were created to, to make a difference in this world. The Bible tells us in Ephesians uh, 2.10 uh, that we're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to, to do. These are incredibly important things and, and if we don't fit those in first we're going to find out that, that those are, you know, that I don't have time for devotions. I don't have time to spend with my family. I don't have time for the very most important things. Unless we put those in first we're going to find out that, uh, that they get thrown to the, the wayside. And, um, and understand this, uh, too, is that, you know, there's a, a field of study called time management. And probably the biggest guru of that in, in our generation was Stephen Covey. And he had a, a book that, that's entitled The uh, Seven High Habits of Highly Effective People. And in that, he says this, time management is a misleading concept. You can't manage time. You can't delay it. You can't speed it up. You can't save it or you can't l- or lose it. No matter what uh, you do, uh, time keeps moving forward at the same rate. Don't miss this. The challenge is not to manage time, but to manage yourself. In Ephesians 5, do, live with a due sense of responsibility, not as those who do not know the meaning of life, but as those who do. Make the best use of your time. And I love the message in this one. It says, so watch your step. Use your head. Make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. Don't live carelessly, unthinkingly. Make sure you understand what the master wants. And Colossians 4, 5 says this. Don't miss this. It says, redeem the time. And the word there for redeem is the exact same word that is used in the Bible for God redeeming this world. And what it means is to, is to claim things that were lost. Here was something was lost and you, and you find it. It means to, to get something back that was stolen. It also means that to, to free something up that was, that was, that was bound. And, and right now, you, you know, there's, we understand that there are things that, that steal our time, aren't we? There's things that, that suck our time. Up, that, that suck it, that take it, that take our time. And a lot of this, one is, is, really, is really obvious, but I think we need to uh, address it, and that is um, uh, TV and media and social media. Did you know of those, of those five hours we said every day, 93% of all our free time in our country, in our culture today, is spent on media or social media? 93%. According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor, the average American spends three hours a day watching TV. That means for over 10 years of your life, you spend watching, uh, watching TV programs. And what would happen, think of this, what would happen if we just rescued even one TV show? If we watched three hours, if we, watched, if we rescued one TV show, do you realize that would be years of our life that would be rescued, claimed back, redeemed, not, be, not allowed to be just, just sucked out? Imagine what we could do with another year of our life, just rescued, missing one TV show of, the, of all that. How about this one? This will make you sick. How about 61 minutes a day we spend watching advertisements? And that means three years of our life is spent watching 
commercials. And again, you know, one, I mean, one thing, I, I have a DVR and I almost, I almost never, you know, ever watch a show live because, again, you can save in one 30-minute show, you can save 10 minutes, an hour show. You can save 20 minutes a day just doing that. There are other things you can do. Imagine what you could do with 20 minutes a day right, right there. You could read the Bible through in six months if you just spent, if we spent not watching uh, commercials in a, uh, in a day. And how about, and again, the average person, how about this? The average person has five social media accounts. They spend an average of one hour and 40 minutes a day browsing every day. Facebook users spent 13.9 billion minutes on the site last year. And that's up about 100% from the year before. The average person spends four years of their life looking at their telephone now in our generation. And here's one family that decided they were going to do something about that. Hi, I'm Christina McAteer, and my family and I have been coming to Crossroads now for about five years. I was fortunate enough in this particular study that we're in, that we're studying um, Overload is the Sermon Series and Crazy Busy by Kevin DeYoung to be able to be part of the team that has actually helped to put the study together. So I was um, privileged to be able to work with Mary Ann in November, December, and kind of read through the material and begin to work on the study. So as I was reading through this book, um, there were so many things in it that were convicting and that were um, touching my heart and was really, you know, tugging on um, some issues that I was struggling with. In chapter 6, he talks about, you know, your role as a parent and that there's not many instructions in the Bible. God doesn't give us a lot of things that he says, but one thing he does say is that we should teach our children about God. Um, Shannon and I have tried, like probably all of you as parents, to be good parents. We want to be intentional. We want to do the best job we can to make children that are out there in the world sharing God's love and um, being fruitful. I had known for a long time that our family had a problem. Um, You know, I was under the impression and I did um, honestly feel like this is the world we live in. And so to give my child at four four years old an iPad or to have him sit down and watch TV seemed like what everybody was doing. Um, And in terms of the norm, that was normal. But I always felt uneasy about that because I began to realize that my children were no longer paying attention to what I was saying. It was harder to get their attention. And so as a family, we decided to do a little experiment. We coined it a science experiment um, for my children and for us to go and be and fast for 30 days on technology. Um, After the first week, um, I had my son's teacher call and say um, to my husband, hey, what's going on with Tucker? And Shannon said, well, what do you mean? She said, well, he's just, he's asking questions in class and he's being engaged with um, the other students in class. Like he just seems, he seems different. And she was like, oh, that could be our experiment that we're doing. And uh, so we shared with her what our experiment was. That was just after the first week. Um, we began seeing other changes in our family. So instead of at night when the children would usually, when we're about to make dinner, go upstairs and start watching their TV or play on their iPad device, um, they didn't have that to do. So instead of going upstairs, they would um, start making dinner with us. And so as we're making dinner, they would ask to um, to start helping us. And they would they were engaged and they were, um, we were having conversations that maybe we never had had before. Um, I had for a long time felt there was something that was wrong our family of that peace, love, and joy. And because 
of the study and being in God's Word, God helped us to discern that for our family, it was technology and it was taking a strong hold on us and not a good way. And so I'm so thankful for God giving me um, the study to give me some tools to be able to um, to take authority and to and to really take back the authority in our home. And um, one thing that Lowell said that um, spoke to us from one of his sermons was, you can either be driven or you can be led. And, you know, in our family, it's a choice. Every single one of us has a choice every day on are we going to be driven or are we going to be led. And for so long, I was being driven and being conformed by the world and what I felt was the norm um, and being driven by my own agenda and my own um, fears. But honestly, this study has helped our family begin to be led and led by the Holy Spirit and led by God's direction for our family and not what others think the direction should be. And with being led, there's peace, there is joy, and there is love. For the first time in a long time, I'm truly seeing the hearts of my children. I'm seeing them flourish. I'm seeing them interacting. I'm seeing them being present in the moments. I am so thankful that we as a family chose to do this fast and we um, could not be more blessed because of the obedience and because we chose to listen to God and now that we don't have all the background noise of the TV behind us we can finally begin to discern his voice God's voice from the woods And we're not saying that, uh, that media or social media is uh, evil, but what we real- have to realize is, is that it can be a black hole that sucks a lot of our life uh, away. And what would happen if we redeemed some of that time back and, and made it more constructive? Because here's one thing that we have to realize, too. Uh, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of people in our nation that watch so much, um, that watch, watch so much about reality TV that they don't have a, a life of their own, that they live vicariously through other people and characters and things are on the TV instead of living their own life and making a difference in, in that. You know, there's, there's so much as, as far as, um, you know, things that you can do as far, as far as books and everything on time management and some of the things that suck our time. But I want to look at some, maybe from spiritual aspect, just a few that we may not be think of that really are time wasters. And one is fear and worrying and, and stressing and fretting and all that that we've been, been talking about. Think about what a, a waste of time that is. Uh, Mark Twain put it like this. He said, I'm an old man and I've known many troubles, but most of them never happen. And you think, I think of, of every moment I've ever, uh, I've ever worried, every moment I've ever, ever stressed was a complete waste of time. Something else is strife and unforgiveness. Uh, I wonder how much time the average family wastes in our country arguing and fussing. And if they spent that same time investing in their relationship instead of doing the other, there probably would be a whole lot less fussing and uh, and arguing. And and some things that we realize is sometimes people have been estranged from another person, a family member, a relative, a friend, something like like this, that that they've spent so much time not dealing with with the issue, not dealing and trying to reconcile that they can go weeks and months and even years breaking down of wasted time that they could be investing in that relationship. Another thing is dwelling on the past, good or bad. And uh, Will Rogers said it like this. He said, don't let yesterday use up too much of today. 
And finally, a, a big one is fighting God and just stiff-arming God can be huge and just wasting time in, in life, can it? You know, you think about Jesus, and first of all, I say this. Some good news is God's giving you exactly as much time as you need to accomplish what he wants you to accomplish in this world. He's going to give you exactly that much time if we don't spend the time fighting him, fussing, argue with him, stiff-arming him, you know, and, and, and things like this. Because you know, think about it. Jesus Christ did more in three years of ministry and 33 years of life than any person that ever walked this planet. And I think one big reason that he did it, that he was so incredibly effective, is, is because he's, you know, he was able to say at the end of his life, I have finished the work that you called me to do, Father. And I think a big reason of that is because he looked at and, and was able to say, not my will, but yours be done. That every day he was looking, he didn't fight the Father, he didn't stiff arm the Father, he didn't say why, why that was a bad idea, he just did whatever he heard the Father doing. And as, and as a result, he was come, able to come to the end of the life. I pray we were able to come to the end of our life and say, God, I've accomplished everything you have for me because I didn't fight with you the, the whole time. And I think about this, you know, I think about people, I know a person that was, that was in his 70s and, and I, I shared my faith with him and he said, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And, but he said, I want to do something. I want to gather my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren around so they see me do this. And we did. There were dozens and dozens of people in his family, and, and he, uh, they watched as he gave his life to Jesus Christ. And I'll never forget him breaking down and crying. And he said, I have one regret in my life, one regret. And I said, what is it? And he said, I regret that I never made this decision earlier. And maybe some of you, have, you know, have, have known that God's, God's call in that way of, of to, to take that step of faith and you've never done and you've wasted years that, that could have been living as a child of God. Or, or there's people that, that know they have a calling in their life and they, they stiff arm that calling. I remember when I was in third grade when I felt a calling to go into the ministry and it wasn't until I was a, a senior in high school that I, recla- that I claimed that calling and started walking. And I wonder how many years of my life, I, my life would have been different if I'd have spent those times and invested those times instead of running from the calling. That I that I felt God doing in my in my life. So the other, so the the T is what treasure. The I is invest. The M is manage. You guys are great. And the E is enjoy. And we were trying to figure out, you know, a, a prop in order to do, to show enjoyment. And we couldn't come up with, with anything. We couldn't think of anything. Or I'm happy, 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 happy. <laughs> I'm happy, 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 happy. I'm happy, 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 happy. Smile, smile, happy, happy, happy. Okay, that kind of embarrassing. It's a, so we just, but uh, the Bible says this. I mean, I want you to understand that the, the Bible wants us to enjoy life, not just endure life. And Ecclesiastes says this. So I made up my mind that there's nothing better for us men and women than to have a good time in whatever we do. Ecclesiastes 9.9, relish life with the spouse you love each and every day of your pre- precarious life. Each day is God's gift It's all you get in exchange for the hard work of staying alive. Make the most of each one. And I believe once again that Jesus is the perfect example of what it means to just enjoy life. He was able to, that the kids wanted to hang out with him. The dock workers wanted to hang out with him. The fishermen wanted to hang out with him. Why? Because he was enjoying life and he, he'd spend time with, with relaxing. He'd spend time with, with, with his friends. He'd spend time just hanging out and, and not only just working, working, working. God wants, and God wants us to enjoy our work too. And here's finally is this. 
I want to say this is too. There's a word called recreation, and it's really you break it down, and it means recreate. And God wants us to recreate. And there's there's some people that need to re- recreate more, and there's other people that need to to not recreate as much because life is passing by because that's all they do. And somewhere in there again is the balance of of life. And and finally is this: we don't wait to live or do the right thing. The Bible says Ecclesiastes: if you wait for the perfect conditions, you will never do anything. And you think, you think about it, there's never a, you know, peop, there's people that live out this, this, they live for some time called, you know, the perfect time that it never comes. It's not such a thing. It's a, it's a mirage because there's never a perfect time to get married, is there? There's never a perfect time to have kids. Any parent knows that. There's never a, a perfect time to receive Christ. There's never a perfect time to be involved in ministry. There's never a perfect time to be in a small group or anything like this. And, and sometimes we just go our whole life and we intend to do things, but we never, we never do them. And I think really, I think Satan's favorite word, I really believe I know it, and it's someday or tomorrow. And sometimes he will keep yelling out to us, someday, someday, someday. Yeah, do that. It's really important, but don't, don't do it today. Do it tomorrow. And we can go our whole life waiting for this someday. And I don't have this in my notes, but it just seemed like God reminded me of something that happened to me in my, uh, in, uh, several years ago. When I received Christ as my Lord and Savior, most of my friends received Christ shortly thereafter. They saw such a difference in my life. And then, then those, we, they saw a difference in our life, and, and they received Christ, except for Randy. Uh, Randy... I kept talking to him about the Lord, and he'd say, I'm telling you, he'd say, someday, not today, someday, I'm not ready, someday, someday, someday. And I remember one time sitting next to Randy, next to his car, and I was about to go back to college, and I, and I sat there and said, Randy, aren't you ready to receive Jesus? And I remember 30 or 40 of the longest seconds of my life as I'm sitting there praying for him in, in that whole thing, and he said, finally said, no, I'm not ready, not today, someday I will. And I got a phone call a few weeks later that Randy had died in an accident. And I hope he made a decision sometime between that time. But Rand, someday never came for Randy. And here's the thing I wanted to say. I'm not saying that to scare. And I'm, I'm not saying this is a whole thing to guilt. I'm saying we need to realize that life is precious. We need to realize that some things are more important than others. We need to realize that, that there's things that suck our life. And we need, to, we need to redeem those times. And we need to invest our life and not just waste our, 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 our life. And, and we need to treasure each day. And there's a... There's a, a a sign that was outside a nursery that I thought was genius and it's life changing if we think about it. And it says this, when was the perfect time to plant a tree? It said 25 years ago. When's the second best time? Today. We don't have tomorrow. I mean, yesterday. We don't have that. We can't redeem. We can't grab that. We don't have that. And I know there's, there's people that just wish. I know one parent that knows they squandered year after year after year of, of a relationship, a dad that could have had it with their kids. And, you know, he can't undo the past there. But from that moment on, he decided from this moment on, I'm going to be a good dad. And he, and he was, and he worked hard at doing that. And it was transforming for, for everybody. We can't undo the time we wasted in the past. But what we can do is from this moment on, we can treasure the moments. We can invest the moments. And we can live each day as a gift from God.